11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. up everybody welcome back to another episode of the perfect soccer podcast our special guest today is nick lima nick how's it going i'm doing well man thanks for having me on i appreciate it yeah appreciate you coming on yeah so how's your new life slash routine been since uh quarantine um it's had challenges but i've been able to make it work and i'm with my family so you can never complain too much about that yeah that's good at least yeah i actually had somebody on the other day and they were just like yeah i'm just like in my apartment by myself and I was just like, damn, like, and his friends and family aren't with him. So I was like, damn, that kind of stinks. Yeah. It's um, been the, uh, it's one of the luxuries of playing yeah. in my hometown where I grew up is I got my family here and in a time like this, I get to get to be with them and, and spend that quality time. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, going back in time, uh, what, what was your first like memory playing soccer or like just kicking the ball? Um, just on the sidelines of my brother's sports games. Uh, I'm one of four boys in my family, and I got two older brothers. And um, growing up, they played baseball, basketball, hockey, tennis, what you know, whatever it was, swimming. And I think actually the swim meets and the baseball games, there was always the most space because, you know, whenever it was a swim meet, I'd find a, a little spot. And mm-hmm. a soccer ball was the first ball I had. And, yeah, I just found a love for it early. Yeah, so mentioning all those other sports, uh, did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, I did pretty much all the sports in the book, at least <laughs> at least the major ones uh, <laughs> growing up. My first sport was soccer, got into that, and then uh, swimming, paired that paired it with that pretty early on, and then the flag football, and then football all the way through high school, track, basketball. Uh, I did hockey. That nice. was hard to do in California, not a whole lot of spots, ended up getting hurt in a couple times so i kind of gave that up when i was like ah soccer might work out a little bit so uh i was like yeah let's let's cut down on the ones where i might have a higher injury risk outside but Mm -hmm. i still kept playing football (laughs) all right so you uh, so you played football and soccer in high school yeah and ran track in high school and then when i first started i was still doing baseball but uh all right you were playing everything yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah my my best friend's where I'm from, I'm from a little little spot in the middle of the bay. It's kind of like equidistant to all the uh, major cities, mm-hmm. but the competitive soccer teams around were outside of the city. So soccer, I was doing away from my my school friends, and all my school friends were were baseball players, football players, basketball players, and they ran track. So in order to be with all them, and they were all sports minded as well, I was playing all the school sports to uh, to spend that time. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's what I'm learning about just interviewing all these soccer players is some people got to play both club and high school and then so others had to choose and stuff like that. So it's pretty uh, 
unique that you got to, I mean, that you got to even play a different sport too. Yeah. I, uh, got a little, uh, sidetracked from soccer when I was in high school, I actually left an academy and said, I'm I'm leaving because you won't allow me to play football. And oh. another academy I went to was like, yeah, you can split time. So my last couple of years of high school, I was going from football practice to soccer practice in the fall and then track to soccer in the spring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's cool so, though. You got to experience everything and enjoy it. Yeah. And, and that's what it was about for me. It was, you know, the love of it, being young, yeah. spending that quality time, making those relationships and just learn. You learn so much from each environment and each one has its own lesson that it taught me or even more. And so I, I I'm very thankful for that, uh, mindset that I had and, and those opportunities. What about like playing all those sports? Do you think all of them or one in particular, like helped you with soccer? Um, the track, I definitely got a little more powerful, explosive, you do the interval running, and I think the training uh, had a direct impact on you know kind of fitness levels mm-hmm. in soccer. The football, it, it's where I was kind of able to get aggressive and being a defender. Later on in my career, getting switched to the back, it allowed me to have two environments where I'm reading the game, seeing a play ahead in my mind or two before it happens. Whether you're a DB or, or a receiver, finding open mm-hmm. open space and. Yeah, like little things like that. But I think the more important thing from each one was, you know, I, I hated losing. I still do. I don't, yeah. I don't know anyone who does. Yeah. <laughs> but each, each time you go to train, you know, you go and you go with the purpose to get better. And you don't go to mess around. And with each one, I, I never found myself going just to have fun. You know, I was going, I was getting the work done because I was I had two sports each day. You know, I had to get my work done and I wanted it to be quality to continue to improve. And going from all of them, I learned how to just make it quality versus quantity, even though I was doing a lot of stuff and there was a lot of quantity of work in there. So it was, uh, it was good. And just with that mental side of it, I think in today's game mm-hmm. or with trainings, when those do happen, of course, yeah, it, it, you focus more and you know exactly what you want to get done and, and help you check off to or check out the boxes to keep improving. Yeah, definitely. And what about, what was your recruiting process like uh, for colleges? Um, I'm a local boy from the Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up here. I grew up a massive Stanford Stanford fan. Uh, loved Stanford football. Went to every single game I could all through high school. And I was actually being recruited by them. It was Stanford and then Santa Barbara. I sent my tape, you know, handful of other schools. No one got back to me. And Stanford was kind of top of my list, always was. But something just didn't feel right. And I think at the time, Cal was super high, and they were the ones, you know, it, it's the one you, you don't have and it has no interest in you, so it's the one you naturally want, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, finally, Cal came knocking on the door after I went to a camp. And just kind of one thing led to another. They were super good at the time. Um, their coach had a different play style, which wasn't, exactly who I was as a player. It was more of a technical, tactical type mm-hmm. style of play at Cal. And I was like, that's what I'm lacking in my soccer game. And I understood I wanted to be a pro. So I was like, you know what? Stanford would be a good fit. I would love Stanford. But I think this will help me be a better player, all-around player. And then that's how I chose Cal. And it was close. I'd actually yeah. never spent any time in Berkeley my whole life, except when I went to the college. Yeah, how far away is it from your home? Uh, 20 minutes. Oh, all right. <laughs> Not far at all. Yeah. 
was it hard giving up football? It seems like you like really love football. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, there was a couple small school opportunities and for a while I wanted to, to go play it in college, but you know, I, I sat down and had a conversation with myself and, and asked myself what I wanted. And I think, uh, yeah, my story tells you what I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then you played four years at Cal, right? Correct. Yeah. So what, what, what was your, uh, overall experience like there? I, I loved it. Um, it was new. Like I said, never spent much time. It sits on a hill in the East Bay and for stars, you know, it has some of the best viewpoints of in the entire Bay area. So being there, it, it feels like home and that's kind of how I see it when I think of it. And, uh, there was an athletic community and a community outside of it, but everyone there was welcoming. Obviously, the the academic portion of it was extremely hard. You know, mm-hmm. when I when I got there, it was kind of a wake up call. I was like, all right, you know, I gotta start scheduling, learn how to do that, prioritize academics, put those first. Because if I wasn't getting uh, good grades, I wasn't I wasn't getting any field, uh, time on the field. So. It, uh, it helped me in that aspect. I enjoyed learning from from a lot of very intelligent professors and just students around me the whole time. And the relationships that I have from it, you know, I, I will keep my entire life, uh, whether it be, you know, for students outside of sports or inside. And uh, I think we we're competitive, too. So that obviously had its perks. And uh, the soccer experience itself, you know, I loved um, the teammates, the facilities. You know, everything just has, you know, its own little touch of Berkeley to it. And uh, I grew to love it. Yeah, what did you study there? Uh, science, technology, and society. All right. That's different. It is. Wrote a little thesis at the end. It was uh, it was good about the gatekeeping of stem cell research, research mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, where it's been, where it's going. It has a big role today in uh, trying to make new vaccines and everything. So, uh-huh. uh yeah, it's, it, it was a cool uh, foundation to uh, go in the real world with, just to kind of understand the way medicine works in a broad yeah. scope. Yeah, definitely. Um, was there any chance that you were going to leave school early, or did you like want to stay for four years? What, what was this case with that? Um, I always thought, like, hey, maybe I'll get an opportunity to leave early, but I uh, never really heard much from, from anyone about, about leaving early mm-hmm. until – going into my senior year, there was an opportunity abroad to play in Norway for a club called Molda. But then I ended up doing my, my fourth year, got my degree and then signed homegrown with the San Jose Earthquakes. Yeah. I mean, pretty uh, good to have your degree as a fallback plan, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. It, it allows you to uh, continue the education instead of worrying about jumping hurdles to get uh, your bachelor's. Yeah. Yeah. I even had some people on that, uh, like went three years and then like, we're going back now. And I was just like, I can't even imagine like going, like going back would be so hard. Yeah. Like absolutely. just to finish. <laughs> yep. I'm very, very happy. I made that decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So tell me how it is, uh, like, tell me about the homegrown player. Like how do, how does someone get signed to that kind of contract? Uh, well, for, Started, you got to play for the MLS Clubs Academy. Okay, yeah. So I played for the San Jose Earthquakes Academy, and that allowed them to uh, have the first right of refusal of me. And going into my senior year, I heard a little bit about them being interested. You know, I was in their backyard and just kind of like, hey, have a good year. You know, we'll talk to you at the end of the year. And then there was a 
interim PM at the time. So there was some turnover in the club, but one thing led to another. Started talking after the season. There were uh, some obstacles for sure. I almost didn't get signed as a homegrown, mm-hmm. but uh, playing for the academy uh, was enough to qualify. And then in December of uh, right after I graduated, yeah, I signed, and it was a pretty surreal moment for myself and my family. Yeah. So if you so if you didn't get signed to the homegrown, then you would have been uh, in the draft, right? I would have been eligible for the draft. Yeah. Gotcha. So what? So what is what's better, getting signed as a homegrown player or, or getting drafted? Well, I think if you're playing for that club's academy, it's where you're from. Yeah. You, usually, and so you're gonna ha- it's gonna you know have a place close to your heart, being where you grew up and had those experiences, and you know you've represented that club for a lot longer. So you might have a closer tie and want to do that as a professional, or what you dreamt of dreamt of every time you go to a facility as a kid. That's kind of how it was for me, mm-hmm. and I'm just lucky that that was uh, able to happen. Yeah. And then tell me about uh, your MLS debut. It was a. It was. It got off to a really rocky start. Mm-hmm. Tell you that much. Uh, we. I remember. I remember coming out of the tunnel. I was super nervous. Actually, the week prior, I just remember one of my teammates. Simon Dawkins at the time just put his hand on my shoulder and just looked me in the eyes and just said, Hey man, you know, you're here for a reason. I'm not even going to congratulate you on earning your starting spot. Like I said, it's for a reason. Go out and do everything you've been doing. Don't try to do anything more. Don't do anything less. Just be you. I trust you and the rest of the guys trust you. And that stuck with me, gave me all the confidence in the world, you know, starting my career. And I remember that most sitting there, walking out of the tunnel, doing everything. And then uh, when the game started about two minutes in, I remember I was on the right side and Piotti was there. I go to the ball's played to him. He backs into me and he's shielding the ball away from me. He's in between me and the ball and he gouges my eye. And it gets, it gets straight, in, straight into the eye. The eye starts watering. It's black. You know, I'm like, all right, whatever. This is going to go away. It doesn't go away. And I couldn't see out of my right eye. Oh my God. Probably 13 to 15 minutes. I just remember I look up at the clock and it's a 20 minute, 20th minute. I'm, I still just can't see out of my eye. And <laughs> it, was, it was a really weird feeling. And I had thought for just a slim moment, I was like, all right, I might have to, you know, put my hand up and call for a sub because I'm not going to help the team with one eye here. Yeah. <laughs> and slowly uh, I started to get my vision back. And then once my vision came back and I went through all that panic to start in the first 20 minutes, Cause I was panicked. I, you know, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> my heart rate was up there. That's for sure. And yeah, I just, I calmed down, was able to catch my breath. And from there, I, you know, just felt normal and was able to play. And, and luckily I can get a good result. I think you got the craziest debut story to date. <laughs> but that, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun game. That's for sure. And, uh, that was a moment that, yeah, I will never forget. So yeah, that was, uh, so, so I, know, so I know you're, I know you're a defender, uh, but you actually scored a goal your rookie year. I know you have, you have a few goals, but what, what was that like to get your first goal in MLS? Uh, that was a surreal feeling. Uh, I couldn't see out of either eye at that time. I blacked out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, that, it was funny. 
I remember that game so vividly. And the week leading up to it as well, because I sat in film that week and my, my debut, it was a good game. Uh, you know, I was still nervous from it, had a good start. And, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. Got uh, on team of the week on my debut game. Mm-hmm. And then coming in the next week, as soon as we sat down to film, film, I felt like it was just a roast session on me. And then I was told there was a play where I cut inside and had a shot. And so I put it a little over the crossbar and the coach, the assistant coach just rips me and he tells me to never shoot again because that's not my role. My role is a defender and I'm sitting there and I was, I was shaking like a jackhammer. I just couldn't gather myself the whole day. It was probably the worst practice I've ever had. It looked like I was a schoolboy who'd never touched the ball before. And Simon Dawkins again comes up to me and he was like, because the instruction was passed to him instead of shoot because he was wide open. And he's like, yo, mate, if you ever pass that ball to me, I will yell at you. Because I one, I was not open. And two, you take that shot every time. And it was kind of a repeat of the same thing he told me. And then again, it calmed me down. And then going into the game, the second game after he told me that, I get up, get an opportunity, find myself. And of course, you know, Wando, he's got a knack for scoring and finding ways to score and Saw the ball in the air. It's kind of going across from the left side to the right side of the six. And I realized there's space to dump it off on the top of the six from him and just find myself there with a perfect ball from him. And then, yeah, I just shot it on goal. Kind of, I kind of closed my eyes. I didn't really aim, to be honest. I just said, please go in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, got my first goal. Did, did you get to keep the ball? Yeah, kept the ball. They all signed it. That's and, dope. uh yeah, I had that. Yeah, it was a, it was a very cool moment. I remember the celebration. Everyone, you know, just it was. It showed me that all the guys, you know, trusted me and, and had respect for me because the way they celebrated mm-hmm. is is something that I remember because they were all extremely happy and you know they like enjoyed seeing me score. And so that you know that for me was like, all right, yeah, this career is not you know it's, it's going somewhere, and mm-hmm. I've made you know, myself knowing that I can, I can play and gave me confidence. So yeah, yeah it was, <laughs> that was a fun time. You know, you know, you made history with that goal too. Uh, no, Being the first, uh, the first homegrown player to score a goal. <laughs> That's a, for in earthquakes history. Earthquakes. Yeah. yeah earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know that. Nice. Uh, no, I didn't know that. I just didn't really uh, get gotcha, you know, gotcha. pop over my head. Gotcha. I know that's what you can say. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I mean, now now I'd say you're a veteran. This is your fourth season, or fifth season? Fourth season. Fourth season. Fourth season. Yeah. Um, and you're a starter. What, what's it been like just throughout the years now? A learning process. San Jose. We've had a lot of turnover, and so it's been a lot of adapting on the fly. And the one thing that's been somewhat consistent is the player pool. So building rapport with the guys in the locker room. And just going forward, knowing that we'll have each other's backs, you know, we've had some rough times. And Mm -hmm. so you have to learn from that. You have to get through it together. And then last year we had a coach who came in, had a system, had a philosophy. This year was the first year in my career where there's been consistency in that. And, you know, it's it's been a career of ups and downs, that's for sure. But you got to just ride with them, know they're going to happen, and just try to stay level-headed throughout it all and and Mm -hmm. keep going keep going, keep improving. And for me, we have a lot of young guys on the team too. So it's been awesome to see their growth. And, you know, I hope some little things I can do will help them in, 
being successful in their careers above and beyond anything that I've done because there's a lot of talent in the locker room and it, there's a lot of young talent. Yeah, and what, what did it mean to you? I saw you got nominated uh, for Defender of the Year. What would that mean to you? Um, you know, it meant, it meant that I had a, a strong support system in the team, mm-hmm. and and they they helped me, and, and it was just uh, it was cool to get a little recognition, but at the same time, yeah, I think it goes out to the team for us doing uh, our job, and if we're not, then there's no recognition for, for any player. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I know you you play for the U.S. national team too. Uh, what was it? What does it mean to you to wear uh, like USA across your chest? You know, I I play with the earthquakes, and it means some because I grew up, you know, representing my hometown club. But you know, this when you go out there and you step on the field or whenever, and you have the crest on your chest, you know, you represent something again bigger than yourself, and, and that's this nation, my country, and. For me, it's the highest honor in sports, the highest honor in whatever it is to go out there and, mm-hmm. and represent your nation. And you have a responsibility to give nothing but your best and and do that on a consistent basis because there's guys breathing down your neck every time. So it's awesome. It's a competitive environment, uh, high-performance environment. You know, it's <laughs> The camaraderie on the team is, is, is great. There's a lot of good personalities, good philosophy, good structure from the staff there. And... Uh, yeah, it's just an honor to be there every single time. And for me, every time, you never want to take it for granted because you never know when it's your last because of whatever reason, injury all the way to performance. And then each time, like I said, you just got to go give everything that you have. You know, you're there for a reason and you got to go show it. So, yeah, it's the highest honor. And, <laughs> and for me, it's it's the most fun, too, of course, <laughs> getting out there and wearing the red, white, and blue. There's nothing like it, man. There's really nothing like it. to get chills just talking about it. How'd you get, like, what was the call up? Like, like who called you, like, and said, like, yo, we need you on the team? Um, it just comes in email format, usually. Okay. Uh, my first one was for January camp. It was the domestic training camp in L.A. That was back in 2017. <laughs> and, you know, you just get an email. And actually, funny story, the first time I was invited, this was under Saragin. And I was sit- literally sitting on a beach with a Mai Tai in my hand in Hawaii. And I got an email and it said U.S. soccer. And I kind of looked at it because I always get that spam email yeah. and for like ticket sales. And I was like, oh, another ticket sale. And then I read it and I kind of was, it told me the itinerary and be ready, be on standby because it's just a preliminary roster. Are you going to get on the final roster and come into camp? And I was like, I, I think I got this by mistake. <laughs> like what is this because this was after my rookie year and, and I kind of went inside showed my brother and my family because I was on vacation with all of them <laughs> ended up being real and went to camp and then yeah and the yeah. next year I actually got an opportunity to play so oh, that's awesome yeah. were you more nervous during your MLS debut or US national debut Um, I think I was more nervous during my MLS debut because when it came to the national team I remember we played Panama in Arizona and just the feeling that I had, I had never been more calm and been able to control my emotions because I knew what I represented and I knew there wasn't another option to go out and just be my best. Mm -hmm. And everything that I did got me there for a reason. And when the national anthem came on, instead of nerves, so I guess prior to that, there were nerves heightened beyond 
any other experience. But as soon as that national anthem played, I was like, okay, yeah, this is it. This is everything you've been working for. Just go out and make it happen. From there, it was kind of just tunnel vision to go get the job done. Yeah, definitely. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with B-Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Are you ready for the five Quincy questions? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, What's the most important quality or skill that you feel has been uh, most important that made you a successful pro player? Competitor. All right. What's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Uh, wow. <laughs> That's a quincy question, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the biggest mistake. <laughs> um, I don't know. I could say own goals, but then I could <laughs> say, because <laughs> I mean, that goes against the purpose of winning, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I, I think the biggest thing is, is overdoing it, not playing the, the marathon of a season versus, you know, just getting after it every single day. And you see it a lot in young guys. That was one of the things Quincy, uh, Quincy talked to me about when I was a rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what advice would you give a young player trying to make a pro league? Um, I would give them the advice that I was given because it worked really well. And that was to be you and you're here for a reason. Keep working on your strengths, keep working on your weaknesses, but don't try to do something outside your scope of ability because that's not what got you there and, and that's what's going to get you in trouble. So that would right. be just a little piece of advice. Uh, what are What is something most people think is true that you believe isn't? <laughs> I believe isn't. All right, that's a big Quincy uh, combative <laughs> question right there. Um, that I believe isn't. I mean, a lot of people, I guess it depends. I like vegetables on my pizza. <laughs> I just I just load them with I load it with with vegetables. I think it's good, like a grilled vegetable with a little char. Yeah, throw more of that on there. I'll use the meat, but vegetables, yeah, more of it. I love I love how you took it because uh, sometimes I tell people it's soccer or life related, but sometimes I let people go. So I like that you took it uh, life related. Uh, <laughs> what's something you would move forward with uh, if you weren't scared of what would happen if it didn't go well? Uh, ooh, I guess you got a risk taken, huh? Um, mm-hmm. shoot, I try to get, uh, I try to go to med school. <laughs> All right. Did you want to be a doctor? Is that why you studied, uh, science? Uh, I would, uh, like the PA route was gotcha. what I had interest in. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah, yeah. So my dad was, he's a paramedic, firefighter, paramedic, 30 years and, yeah, I just had, you know, that foundation, and so that's kind of why I took took that rap. Gotcha. Well, you successfully completed the five Quincy questions. Uh, are you ready for some <laughs> uh, fun questions off the pitch? I'm ready. All right, so you, I know you've been saying uh, you're from the Bay, so if I if I had to go to the Bay, uh, where are some food spots I'm hitting up? Food spots? Oh, I have a taqueria in San Francisco. If you like Mexican food, oh, boy. Um that's a good spot. And then if you like sushi, I would, there's, there's a bunch of sushi spots. I'll name drop on Makara sponsor me, but <laughs> <laughs> there we go. yeah, two off the top of my head. 
All right, that's cool. Um, what about who would you want to do one jersey exchange with, one in the MLS and one overseas? Oh, one overseas. Uh, overseas, I, I gotta go. I gotta go, Cristiano Ronaldo. All right. He was he was my childhood hero, um, and he's yeah. I think he's one of the best players in the world, obviously. So mm. if not the best, um, <laughs> there's an argument, a question that <laughs> you agree with. Most people don't. I think he's the best, um, and then. In the MLS, uh, man, there's so many now. I, th- I think maybe like Carlos Vela. All right. Actually, I got a bonus one for you. Since you're on the national team, who would you want to do one with? Uh, like what what country would you want to do one with? Um, now you mentioned national team. I think Michael Bradley would be number one on my jersey swap list. Mm-hmm. Um, but what country would I want to do jersey swap with? Yeah. Um, oof. Maybe let's let's see, Portugal. I grew up. I love in Portugal. Ronaldo fan. I am Portuguese, so I got to go Portugal. There you go. All right, last one. I think I kind of know the answer. If you weren't a soccer player, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you do. I'd be doing a uh, firefighting. Hopefully, yeah, firefighter, paramedic. That's the goal. There you go. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media? Oh, it's uh, Nick underscore underscore Lima. Two underscores. There we go. Well, again, apparently I... someone took one underscore and Nick Lima. So. <laughs> uh, it's always weird. I mean, yeah, that's funny you say that because like someone has my my name too, and I'm just like, who? And they're not even like using it. I'm just like, who does this? <laughs> yeah, I know for real. The person had like zero followers and followed yeah. one person and had no profile pic. It's <laughs> a bot, but yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Can't use it. Well, well, again, I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully sports come back soon, and uh, stay safe. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.